0: When you're in college, everyone makes fun of the psychology major, right? Because what are you actually going to do when you graduate with a psych degree? Well, times are changing. And that's why I wanted to bring on my next guest, Nathan, who is the VP of Clinical Programs and Strategic Partnerships at Grit Digital Health. He is actually a licensed clinical psychologist. But the most interesting thing is that he actually works in tech now. And I'm sure you've heard about how Facebook just got all of their documents leaked by a whistleblower. With all of that, mental health is becoming a bigger and bigger discussion, especially around social media. This combination between psychology and mental health with tech and social media, I believe is going to lead to a lot of job opportunities in the future for these psych majors. But what do I know, right? Let's hear it from the person who's actually in the space right now.
1: One thing I do think is cool is that psychology is being more recognized um, globally, if you will, um, or holistically than it has been in the past, because I agree you graduate with a psychology degree. What can you really do with that degree the day after you graduate? It's pretty limited. But um, what folks are really realizing is that well-being does matter. It contributes to productivity. It contributes to, you know, where I want to work, how well I do my job, and all those things. So I think psychology's prominence is actually getting more elevated, which I'm really excited about. Um, But going back to the intersection of sort of behavioral health is the term I'll use instead of psychology and technology. Um, I'm going to zoom out just a little and tell you how I got here. Um, so I was a clinician. I worked in, in college. Psych 101 was the first class I took. Professor walked in and said, welcome to Psych 101. The course that changed my life. And that couldn't be more true for me. That professor, Dr. Laura Basilli, married my wife and I. She still comes visits every year. She's amazing. Um, but in college, I started taking some classes, found a passion for psychology, worked at a therapeutic boarding school for adolescents with um, severe anxiety, depression, suicidality, and substance use. And that's what said, you know what, I want to be a therapist. I'm going to go get my doctorate. So I went and did that. And in working as a clinician for a number of years, what got me, quite frankly, pretty frustrated was a lot of the cracks in our systems of care. And what I mean by that is when we look at the data, 50% of people who die by suicide have never seen a therapist. 50% of students who drop out of college due to a behavioral health condition have never seen a therapist. So what that told me is that there's a lot of people who are never connecting to the need, the the supports that they need before making these, you know, extreme decisions. And of course, suicide being the, the most extreme decision anyone can really make. So that's where I really wanted to start focusing my passion. So I started doing that and I realized that technology, we're all on it, whether you like it or not, everyone's on technology. We're on a podcast. You're going to stream this all over the internet, Um with that, we can have incredible reach in meeting people where they are to talk about mental health and well-being and all the things that are so helpful in preventing some of these crises down the road.
0: And that's why this whole season is going to be based around mental health. Look, college itself is already hard and tough on its own. But when you add in the pandemic, pressures from family members, and everything above, especially not being on campus for the past year and a half to two years... I can only imagine what it's like being a college student this past semester going back onto campus for the first time. Now, I wanted to give the majority of this episode to Nathan because, let's be honest, he's the expert, right? He knows what he's actually talking about. And one of those topics is mental health. And while that topic might seem broad at the very beginning, let's have him explain a little bit more about what I mean.
1: One thing to get rid of this stigma, we all have to realize that we all have mental health. So there's this common misperception that, you know, there's people living with mental illness and then there's everyone else. And that's not the case. Just like I have a cholesterol level you have a cholesterol level and you know what it might be great one day and then i might eat like trash for five years and then my cholesterol looks really bad all of a sudden it's the same thing with mental health and that i can be doing great i could do great for 20 years of my life but then something really significant happens whether it's finals the loss of a loved one living through a global pandemic and i can be in a really different place related to my mental and emotional well-being so that's the first thing we all have to do is just check in and say i have mental health. And just like my physical health, I go to the gym, I work out, I try and eat well. Those are things that I have to do for my mental health as well. And when it comes to stress, when someone's not feeling like themselves, when things feel different, when you're having difficulty focusing, when you feel like you can't engage in relationships in the way that you used to, any change from your normal baseline is when you should check in with yourself and say, huh, maybe this stress is actually getting the best of me. And when it comes to therapy, the other medical analogy that I really like to use is if I roll my ankle, sometimes I'm okay and I can, you know, ice it, take it easy for a few days and then I'm good. But sometimes I roll it and it puffs up like a freaking balloon and it's black and blue and I say, wow, I should probably go to a doctor. And that doctor might say, you know what, you're going to be good. Go to physical therapy for a few weeks. You're going to be right back at it. And therapy can very much be like that. I think there's this common misperception that if I go see a therapist, that means I'm like fucked up in some way, shape or form. And that's not the case at all. We know college is... More stressful than it's ever been for a number of reasons between job markets. I mean, this is why you have your podcast here. And when there's a lot of stressors in life, sometimes it's helpful to have a little bit of a coach or some folks that can just provide clarity in some ways that you can find some relief in that stress.
0: And I really love the examples that Nathan gave here. One of those being specifically around how everyone's baseline is a little bit different. So let's dive into that just a little bit more.
1: What your baseline is, is going to be different than my baseline is going to be different than a first year student than a senior, because you gain a lot of life experience. But to, to dig a little bit deeper, again, I, I always go back to medical, medical analogies because it's so relatable. You know, sometimes you feel sick for a couple of days and you say, you know what, it was that trash burrito I had at that party and you know what, it's going to pass. But if that feeling sticks around for three, four, five days, that's where you start to say, huh, maybe I should get this checked out. And similar with mental health, when you have that feeling that like, I've been more stressed than I normally am for, you know what, the past six weeks. I'm not eating right. My roommate's been making comments about how I've been a little bit short or frustrated or drinking more, whatever it might be. It's important that we trust our gut when we know something feels a little bit off. And the hard part is taking that next step and not just WebMDing it. Because I agree, if you WebMD it, you're going to diagnose yourself with all sorts of unhelpful helpful stuff. Don't do it. But start by talking to a friend. It is impossible that you are the only person that have ever experienced that. College Counseling Center utilization rates are higher than they have ever been in our history. And what that goes to show is, in part, it's becoming more normal to say, hey, you know what? I just want a little extra support through this little speed bump. We have sports psychologists for a reasons. Large corporations in the world have psychologists on staff to work through folks, not because something's wrong, but to just improve our performance. And that's another way that people can use therapy, quite frankly. So to sum all that blabbering up, if something feels off, if someone's, your friends and family are telling you that you seem different or something's off, look into it. Look into your eye. That's the strongest thing that you can possibly do because the only way you can cause your self further harm is by doing nothing.
0: All right, so let's say we've gotten past step one and we've managed to admit to ourselves that something is probably wrong. If we're not going to WebMD ourselves, where do we start when it comes to improving our mental
1: health? So, hey, I noticed something's wrong. Now, where do I go? If it's medicine, you know you go to the doctor. When it comes to mental health, it, it can be a, admittedly a little bit Stickier. So one thing that's really nice is most colleges nowadays, I'm not going to say all, but most do have a counseling center of sorts. So that is a perfect place to go. And something that's so important to know is that when you pick up the phone or go on their website or go to therapy, it is 100% confidential. Like, that's it. Like, by law, as a therapist, whatever, if you came to see me, Justin, I cannot share any of that information legally with anyone else. So, again, it might feel pretty intimidating at first, but have a little bit of comfort in saying that this is between me and whoever I'm working with. So, that's one place to go, but also, not everyone's ready to just reach out to a clinician, just like with. Um, Physical ailments, a lot of times we WebMD ourselves. So, what's very important is making sure that when, if and when you do decide to Google, you go to a credible source. So, WebMD is not bad. American Psychological Association has some great resources, as does Mental Health America. Um, I think it's mentalhealthamerica.org or something like that, but they have a wealth of free confidential assessments that you can take just to see like, is this stress or is this anxiety? Am I just sad or maybe am I feeling depression? I had something really traumatic happen. Is this a normal response or might I be experiencing symptoms of post-traumatic stress? But then also a number of campuses, and this is the line of work I'm in, we're providing evidence-based tools and resources that are confidential for students to connect with to learn more about their mental health, but also to learn about how to cope with a stressful interview, how to budget my finances, very much like you are with um, this very podcast. So. Looking for those tools, we're now at 170 campuses across the country, so we're increasing that footprint. Going to your counseling center website or wellness webpage can be a great place to start because universities really vet their resources to make sure that what they're providing to you as students are indeed legit. Way better than going to Google and seeing what you get.
0: Look. Here's the thing, you're already paying thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to go to whatever university or college that you're attending right now. Chances are that school has some sort of therapist or mental health facility on campus. In the real world, a session with a therapist could cost hundreds of dollars, but on campus, it's free for you. So you might as well be using that service because you're technically paying for it with your tuition, but you might as well use it before you have to go out and actually pay for that once you graduate. And this is something to keep in mind when you're going into those meetings.
1: So when it comes to physical therapy, again, going back to I break my tibia, you know, the big bone of my leg, I get a cast on, I get that cast off. I have to do, you know, three, four months of physical therapy before I'm where I want to be. And therapy is very similar. It's a process, but again, because you're there, it doesn't mean something's wrong. And whatever you learn in, whether it's academic advising, as you mentioned, career advisors or therapy, you're going to be building upon the foundation, which you already have. So it's very important to remember that. But the second thing I will add about, I'll I'll say therapists, but also career counselors and really any one-on-one relationship that you have, just because you went and saw one therapist doesn't mean you have to stick with that therapist. If you, for whatever reason, don't think that that person is jiving with your approach or something just doesn't feel right no offense taken, ask for another therapist. Again, I'm a broken record with these uh, medical analogies, but let's say you you hurt your knee, you go to a doctor and the first doctor says, you know what, Justin, we're going to have to amputate. You might say like, hang on, let me get a second opinion. Go to doctor number two and they say, let's try some physical therapy. That fits my approach a little bit better. So therapists are the exact same way. And as consumers, as students, you really have to shop around and find the right person and the right approach, just like you would when you're trying to find your next job or a car or a bike. You have to make sure it fits you, your needs, and goals.
0: I love this because this isn't talked about enough. When we're growing up and when you're in school, you rarely have a choice in terms of what teacher or professor that you're using. Like, yes, there are some circumstances where you can change professors or change teachers, but for the most part, you can't. But when it comes to things like a therapist, it's super important to work with someone that you're comfortable with. And since saying no or trying to find someone new might be a little bit different than what you're used to, how do you start to tell someone that you don't like them being your therapist anymore?
1: First off, I hope in in all the therapy that I do and and the therapists that I work with and know, therapy is a co-created thing. In my experience, very rarely is it, hey, I think one thing and you think the other. The analogy I like to use is it's like the two of us are in a car patient or the student is in the driver's seat and I'm in the passenger seat. And we're figuring out which way we want to drive together. But at the end of the day, the student's in the driver's seat making all the decisions. I'm just a passenger saying, hey, let's check this out or check that out. So very rarely in my experience does it come to that very like dichotomous or hierarchical relationship. And I I, I hope that with therapy, just like going to a medical doctor, that you're you're finding ways to communicate in healthy ways where if something isn't fitting, you could share that long before it ever got to a point that's like, hey, this sucks, I'm out of here type of deal.
0: Exactly. And that last topic that I wanted to bring up to Nathan is managing stress. So as finals, midterms, projects, and everything like that are coming up right now, here are maybe some things that you can think about when it comes to feeling super stressed.
1: So first off, I wish I could say, you're not going to be overwhelmed, but that's not realistic. Um, We know that, you know, college is a a stressful time, especially mid-pandemic. So a couple of pieces of, of advice is, one, have compassion for yourself in that, you know, we've all been had limited social interaction for, you know, 18 months now, and we're going to be thrown back into campuses with, you know, hundreds, thousands, or maybe tens of thousands on big campuses, students. Think of running a marathon. If you were a marathon runner and you took 18 months off and just tried to go run a marathon, my guess is you're probably not going to do all that great. So have that compassion of saying like, hey, this probably isn't going to be 100% smooth sailing. There's going to be some hiccups. And when those hiccups come, just take a step back and say, you know what, I'm doing my best. But secondly, something that's super important and I've found goes out the window by mistake in the in both my college experience as well as a lot of students I've worked with, is when things get stressful, we accidentally let the things that make us happy drop off our to-do list, whether that's working out, whether it's reading, whatever it might be. And in times of uncertainty or in times of stress, our self-care needs to go up, not down. And I'm not talking self-care like cucumbers on your eyes, eye mask and all that stuff. I'm just talking anything that makes you hunker down and feel in the present moment, because our brains can very quickly go on overdrive. And for me, when I play soccer and I'm riding a bike, that's when my mind is very much free and clear. And the physiological impacts that has on both our mental and physical health are really pretty astonishing. So if you're not doing those things, and again, it doesn't have to be being active, it can be reading a book, cooking a meal, spending time with friends, going for a quick walk, whatever it is that can draw you into the present is going to help you manage your stress exponentially. So turn that volume dial up.
0: As we're recording for these episodes, I'm truly in love with the topics that we've covered this season. Being completely honest here, mental health, as you've heard in previous episodes, was never talked about in my home. So while I did feel a lot of the things that we've covered in the past, I never really had a name or even recognized that I was even going through something that impacted my mental health. So truly, these episodes have been sort of like mini therapy sessions for me. But I also really hope that they've helped you out in understanding that you're not alone if you are feeling anything that we've talked about previously. I want to thank Nathan for coming on because he is a licensed clinical psychologist, so a lot of the pieces of advice that he shared comes from backed up research. We've got a few more weeks in the season, and I can't wait to share with all of you the topics that we're going to be covering. So make sure to subscribe to the show to stay up to date with all of those topics. And for all of you still listening all the way to the end, I've got a secret surprise just for you. Declassified just opened up a job board, and you can see all the jobs and internships that we've got listed in the show notes below. Right now, we're just focused on the product, computer science, and business world of internships and jobs. But if you've got another subject or industry that you want us to hit, shoot us an email at Justin at We've got over 60 positions listed on there right now. And the craziest part about it is that there are some jobs and positions on there that aren't even featured on places like LinkedIn, Indeed, and Monster. And, well, that's about it. I'm out.